Okay, so our scripture reading comes from Ephesians 4. Um, Listen for the word of God. I therefore, the prisoner and the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill, might fill all things. The gifts he gave were, this, were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of all the full stat- stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped of each part as working properly promotes the body growth and building itself up in love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's passage covers lots of territory. And today I want to reflect on three concepts that Paul covers in this letter to the Ephesians. The first one is unity. The second one is diversity of gifts. And then the third one I want to talk about is calling. And after reflecting on these three intertwined concepts, I want to close by offering you some observations and a suggestion. So first, unity. Have you noticed that unity has sort of fallen out of favor in our culture? So consider this. From 1960 to 2015, the percentage of individuals living alone went from 24 to 28%. That's more than a quarter of Americans are living alone. And what about neighbors? Do you know, do, do you know your neighbors? Some of us don't know our neighbors by face, let alone name. It's not uncommon to not know your neighbors. 
And if, like me, you go for walks in any urban area, you may actually uh, pass a fitness club. And what do you see in the big witness, the windows of fitness clubs? Individual people on their treadmills, getting their exercise in, staring up at a TV or with their earbuds in. They are definitely not interested in connecting with other people. And then what about nationally? No. Right? No. So... Trump has pulled us out of the Paris climate talks, and I think he continues to threaten to pull us out of NATO. I don't think he's done that yet. NATO, you know, I mean, 29 nations for decades have said they're going to come to each other's common defense, and he wants to pull us out. So these are just some examples of the fact that we live in a world where unity doesn't seem like a priority. And unity isn't just a challenge for us Americans. It was also a challenge for that fledgling church in Ephesus that Paul was writing to. And you re may remember that earlier in his letter, Paul writes about hostility. And do you remember that dividing wall within the community he talked about? He addresses the disunity within this community. And although in that earlier passage, he does write about disunity... He doesn't focus on it. Instead, at the beginning of our reading today, he encourages the Ephesians to make every effort to maintain unity. And later in our passage, he writes that God gave us diverse gifts to build up the body of Christ. And that is one of Paul's favorite metaphors to describe the unity of the church, the body of Christ. And he says, build up the body until all of us come to the unity of faith. So not only does he use the word unity or the Greek word for unity, but he uses the word one seven times. I don't know if you heard that over and over when Rebecca was reading. There is one body and one spirit just as you are called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. This is all about unity. So our, our, the front of our bulletin is the emblem of the United Church of Christ. And what does that say on it, actually? <laughs> That they may all be one. What else does it say? Anything? United. United Church of Christ. They may all be one, right? So in 1957, our denomination was formed when previously separate denominations merged. And this occurred at a time after World War II when lots of churches were realizing that the disunity between churches somehow led to that tragic global war. So some, some denominations, including the denominations that formed the United Church of Christ, they chose unity over disunity. And as you noticed, our UCC motto, which is not taken from Paul, it's taken from Jesus, is that they may all be one. Unity. Unity. So going back to the early church, we may remember that early Christians sold all their possessions and they lived together in community. 
and contemporary Catholic monks, priests, and nuns, they still sell or abandon their possessions in some way, and they live as one in community. They live in unity. Now, most of us Protestants don't sell our possessions or live in community, but we are still called to be one body, one body in Christ. So looking at gifts that Paul writes about. First, Paul <laughs> exhorts and encourages the people he's writing to to maintain unity. And then he writes that we are called to use our gifts. In the Ephesian church, he points out the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And these are all clearly not verbs, right? But they are nouns that have actions associated with them. And everyone, Paul says, has a call. And their call and ours today is to use our gifts, which are very diverse amongst us, but our call is to use our gifts to build up the body of Christ. That is, to build up the unity of the church. And we know the church doesn't mean only within these walls, right? We have church formed as the conference, the UCC conference, and then those conferences join together, and there's UCC national we usually refer to, and then the churches at their large denomination levels. Sometimes, and hopefully often, they do ecumenical and join things together, all in unity as the body of Christ. Now, I'm not going to say much more about gifts today, because Elizabeth preached beautifully about this in July, and she led you through an exercise to identify your individual gifts. Some of the gifts you identified, and I loved looking at the list. I mean, it was long, but some of the gifts were administration, helping, leadership, service, teaching, praying, artistry, all gifts that are represented in this community. And as a member of Spirit of Peace, you possess diverse, unique, God-given gifts to build up this particular body of Christ, which happens to be part of a larger and larger and larger body of Christ. And not even just ecumenically within this country, but worldwide, Christians cooperate sometimes. So every member of Spirit of Peace has some gift to bring to the table. We all have gifts for building up the unity of the body of Christ. So I talked with the kids about gifts, and I, you may have also heard me use the word, did you hear it? Maybe I didn't use it. Call, calling, call. So I'm going to talk about call. So one of the things I've become aware of since I've been here is your ambitious vision statement. And to use theological language, I would say your vision statement articulates what you hear God calling you to. 
And your current vision statement outlines how many things? Three. It outlines first spiritual formation. And then children, youth, and families. And then the third one is mission and in-reach slash outreach. And I think that slash is a sort of like, mm, get that out of there. Because in-reach and outreach to me are two different things. They may be related, but they're different. So I think you have four callings articulated in your vision statement. These are four or three ministries to which you hear God calling you. So your vision statement is five years old. And as many of you are aware, it's time to update it. And as you consider updating your vision statement, I have some suggestions and invitations for you. So first, I invite you to pay close attention to your history. And then, pay close attention to where you are now. Including your size and the demographics of your congregation. And then listen for where God may call you to. And then fourth, consider a vision statement that lists one calling. Or maybe two. And that wouldn't mean that other ministries aren't happening. But it would mean... This is what we say God is calling us to really focus on. Because churches thrive often when they do one thing really, really well. Have any of you read Christianity for the Rest of Us? It's a very accessible book by Diana Butler Bass. You know her name. Yeah, she writes a lot about current, current church matters and history. And in Christianity for the Rest of Us, she recounts her quest to find faithful, innovative, strong, vibrant, mainline, which we are mainline Protestant churches. And what she found was that the most life Life-filled churches were those that focused on one of the traditional practices of the Christian church. And she visits and writes about churches that focus passionately on, and I would say callings, and these are practices. But she writes about churches that focus passionately on, for example, hospitality, healing, Diversity, social justice, worship, and many others. So in her chapter on the practice and gift of hospitality, for example, she writes about Finney Ridge Lutheran Church in Seattle. And she lists them as having 
the gift and calling of hospitality. And their calling of hospitality has opened their hearts, or at one time opened their hearts so wide. Do, you, do any of you remember this? They hosted Tent City on their front lawn. Hospitality. And then in Washington, D.C., the Church of the Epiphany at one time, and it may still be going on, hosted a welcome table, a worship service, a breakfast, and a small group Bible study for every week, 200 homeless people. Hospitality. Hospitality. So, folks, be realistic about your current state of affairs. And listen well for where you hear God calling you. And imagine what possibilities God might have in store for you. Whatever your calling as Spirit of Peace, it is your community's contribution to the body of Christ. It's your gift among all those diverse gifts that you offer as a community of faith to building up the unity of the body of Christ and the unity of the church, the church with a capital C. Amen.